I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Cold Pop Show podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider becoming a patron and joining us at www.patreon.com forward slash Cold Pop Show. Everybody and welcome to Film Franchise Fortnights on the Cold Pop Podcast. My name is AJ, and I'm joined as usual by my best friend and life partner Richard. Um, and today Hello. we've got two very hey Richard. Today we've got two very special guests joining us. Uh, we've got Charlie Dudley and Carlisle Laurent. Hello guys. Hello. Did I pronounce your names correctly. Hello. This is really um, weird because me and Carlisle are also best friends and life partners. So this yeah. has worked Aww. out tremendously well. And also, I didn't yeah. think I was that special, but you said that we were very special guests today, and now <laughs> I feel quite special. Yeah. I was hoping you, yeah. you would say, like, one special guest and one not so special guest. <laughs> I mean, we just have to oh. guess who. <laughs> and never tell them which is which. You started this with so much more gusto than I usually start podcasts with, and it took all my strength not to woo when you said, welcome to the cop. I was like, yeah, yeah, come on. Because when you're listening at home, that's what you normally do. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys, we'll, we'll give you a plug at the end of the show, but just in case people are like, who the hell are these guys? You, you guys host kind of like a plethora of podcasts don't you yeah we're, we're you, two you... white guys in our mid-20s so uh we each have what three a coincidence. podcasts <laughs> um so you guys you guys host a podcast for everyone together which is your busted podcast that richard's been yep. on yes um we get busted richard being on for the, the band most... you talk about and not the the quality of the show itself <laughs> we get richard on for the sexiest songs because he is the sexiest person that we know so <laughs> that is always our our, uh, our reasoning we're like who's yes. coming on this one I don't know yeah. if we can find anyone sexy enough for this one, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, I'm like the only guest that actually likes the band as well. So Yeah, you are um, literally yeah. the only person we've had on that is remotely a, and a so when, <laughs> when ranking all the songs, I um I throw off the stats quite a lot. <laughs> mm. I mean, to be fair, you throw them more on track with what we would put because every other guest we have on at the end of every episode we rank a busted song and then we go me and Charlie go, Yeah, this is like a nine out of ten and then our guest comes on and goes, This is like a three out of ten, so we sort of go down the average of that. Uh and so Charlie, you also host Why Did I Do That? Is yes, that, right? that is correct. It's a show where I get people on and make them tell embarrassing stories and then we all laugh at them and it's very nice and it's not mean. No matter what anyone says, I'm not a cyber bully. <laughs> it's good. I like I really like oh, the concept. I love the title. It's a good title Thanks. for a podcast as well. <laughs> uh, and and there's also D- Dungan and Dragnose. Which one of you does that? I, I do Dungans and Dragnose. Yeah, me and my two idiot friends get together and we homebrew things to make, to use in Dungeons and Dragons but kind of I'd say the premise not really the premise but just a, a sad fact of the fact that we're not very prepared is that none of us know anything about Dungeons and Dragons so it's mostly <laughs> just us talking out of our asses for an hour and then it goes on very nice <laughs> uh, and you also host a show called content presumably yes uh, I have a show <laughs> called content presumably 
and that's basically the whole description for that show. They'll just do whatever <laughs> I want. Well, every month. <laughs> have I missed anything else? Is there anything else people should might maybe know you from, or is that? Oh, the... Carlisle's got a you know, he's a little Spotify artist. Uh, I'm 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 a, I'm a musician right. as well. Yeah, I'm on Spotify, and Charlie is also a staple in uh, a show called The Rank List of Everything now which yes. is on hiatus but i'm sure we'll be coming back at where, some point. where do you you guys where do you have all this time to do these podcasts um so i have no we, social we can life. barely <laughs> manage so that kind <laughs> of helps i have I, a, a job well, that finishes at three o'clock in the afternoon which also helps and mm-hmm. i just other than that i just sit in my bed so it's it's nice to just talk to people you know <laughs> i would say get out the house but it's it's not out the house <laughs> i open the I window know. so it's like i'm outside the house I've had. Does how does that affect the sound quality? <laughs> Stunned <laughs> silence as a as a four way Google Hangouts missed the message. Yeah, this is um an unprecedented episode for us. So this is the first time the set well the second time we've had four people on. Uh, you might remember the first time was when we had my parents uh and we did actually plan to have two guests uh making four total uh another time for um uh our nutty professor episode um but after watching like two of the films and (laughs) keeping in contact with um the guys we were supposed to have on they just never spoke to me again um so that's why like for the throughout the last two weeks i've been like <laughs> chasing you guys i've been like hey you still watching the movies yeah you're yeah. still keen to do we this wouldn't, we wouldn't um, miss this for the world <laughs> oh, I, you were talking about time and I've, mm. I've had to put two of my podcasts on hiatus because i've been writing my dissertation recently and people uh, you have a dissertation i, I handed it in yesterday wow thank you but um i was talking to people like make, make sure you take breaks because you know you get frazzled and stuff i'm like yeah i'll take a break because i've got to i've got to watch spy kids like when you say you got to watch spy kids like, <laughs> I, I i need to watch all four spy kids movie it, movies yeah. it's an obligation that i have made i had that i am um, i was i moved to help my girlfriend move into her second year uni house like yesterday mm. and i was sat around oh you were supposed to and no, the, i, and said, I, I can't that. darling <laughs> it's three. but we were sat around her table and she's an english student so i was like oh after this I was, we were the housemate i was like after this do you need to like do some reading and she was like yeah that pretty good and i was like oh that's great because i need to watch spy kids too and her housemate just looked at me like what is wrong with you i was like no 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 it's okay i'm mm. for a reason i'm not just watching spy kids for no reason like a loser yeah i i have i have had a new flatmate move in in the last couple of days and she watched some of spy kids four with me mm. and i didn't tell her i have a podcast <laughs> she, i guess she just thought i just sometimes watch movies that i'm clearly not enjoying <laughs> i'm getting ahead of myself um so yes this is film franchise fortnights where we talk about a different film franchise every fortnight and this fortnight uh from the the our patreon vote was it our patreon it was our yeah, patreon was. vote yeah it was uh we are talking about the spy kids franchise uh which is a series of four films all of which were directed by robert rodriguez and they came out in 2001 2002 2003 and I know what you're thinking, 2011. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they follow the surreal, wacky adventures of a pair of siblings uh, by the names of Carmen Elizabeth Juanita Costa Brava Cortez (laughs) and her brother... Junie Rocket Racer Rebel Cortez, which are um, Robert Rodriguez's kids' names. Yeah, Robert. He has a kid 
named Racer and one called yes, one called Rocket. Oh, um, Rebel's not that weird. I just thought that <laughs> yeah. was a weird joke. <laughs> yeah, and no. then also in Spike, it's three. The um, the like arena is called Rebel Rockets. Yeah, uh, he uh, loves his kids. Um, <laughs> so these these Look siblings they're thrust into the. <laughs> They're thrust into the world of top-secret government missions after discover- discovering their parents used to be spies. Uh, Rodriguez himself has described at least the first film as James Bond meets Willy Wonka, which is probably something that applies to the whole series, I think. I think that's a yeah, cool I think Yeah, especially the first one with, with Floop. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. the first one came out in 2001, as I said, and as I also said, it's directed by Robert Rodriguez. Who wants to guess what this is ranked on Rotten Tomatoes? What's its score on Rotten Tomatoes? Ugh. 68 percent i'm going high i'm going 40 wow richard uh 93 percent it's 93 percent which shocks the world (laughs) (laughs) um Um, yeah fuck that's insane so i i've said on the podcast i thought you were setting up a joke no man it's 93 percent carlisle i would never Um, set up a joke about ron tomato scores it's sacred (laughs) um i i've i've often said on the podcast before that um i quite like robert rodriguez and i i'd like him to have a win because him and tarantino are like quite good mates they feel like two sides of the same coin kind of thing and i'm always like you know he hasn't had that like one big hit like tarantino's had throughout his career but spite the first spy kids is rated higher on ron tomatoes than anything tarantino's done <laughs> seriously <laughs> tarantino has two films i think pulp fiction and inglorious bastards are at 92 percent wow I don't think I've ever seen a different Robert Rodriguez movie, so I, I was quite surprised to hear you say that he and Tarantino are like two sides of the two sides of the same coin. Because well, at no they... point in any of these four movies did I watch this and go, "This quite reminds me of Django Unchained." <laughs> that's, that's really interesting because because there are two types of Robert Rodriguez films. There's yeah. there's the Spy Kids type film, and then there's the like the Tarantino type Robert. Rodriguez yeah, like film. the the, the B movie kind of um, tribute. Because I mean, well, they did um grindhouse together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, right. So, which one? Which one are you strapping, young gentlemen? Uh, Want to tell me what Spy Kids one is oh, about? Yeah, I guess we should take one each. Eh? Yeah. Um, well, well, yeah, Carla, did you want to take the first one? Sure, I'll, I'll do the first one. So, Spy Kids, the first film in the Spy Kids quadrology, <laughs> is about <laughs> is about this pair of spies who meet when they're on a mission to i believe assassinate each other but instead fall in love eventually get together and have kids mm-hmm. and they go on a mission long after they've had kids to try and track down some missing agents and important people who it turns out a host of a children's television show called floofy has been transforming into bizarre Ter- terrifying children's characters on his show. Floops Fooglies. <laughs> yeah, Floops Fooglies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry. Um, so that's been happening. <laughs> so the parents get kidnapped by this mad children's entertainer. The mm. kids have to go and rescue them and save all these people who've been transformed into horrifying children's characters and also prevent this same character making robots out of all of the important peoples in the world's children Mm. so that they will be replaced by these robots so they can topple world governments 
Very good. Um, yeah, that's that's what the first film is. It's a f- <laughs> fucking weird movie. Um, <laughs> very, very strange. So this film was nominated for Best Fantasy Film of the 28th Saturn Awards, but it lost to The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, <laughs> which, like, <laughs> you know when you're nominated appalling. in the same category that you're probably going to lose to The Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> So a year later, we got. I'd rather watch this than the Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, I'm just going to put that oh, out there. Hundred percent. What do you yeah, mean? Hundred you know percent. Whatever. This is this is a terrible um, sample size. Speaking of percents, um, it actually Spike is, um has a higher percentage than Fellowship of the Ring. Good, deserved. <laughs> All right. So uh, in 2002, a year later, we got Spike Kids Two: The Island of Lost Dreams. Once again, directed by Robert Rodriguez. And what does this have on Rotten Tomatoes? Any guesses? Um, 81. I was going to say about 80%. If It's probably not as high as the first Spike Kids, but apparently um, the first Spike Kids is insanely high. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, 67. It's got 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. So a little bit, you know, that's about as low as a movie can be before you stop calling it a good movie. In my opinion, seventy-five <laughs> percent on Rotten Tomatoes is like, all right, I'll go see it in cinemas. Uh, just kidding, I'll see anything in cinemas, even except for Hellboy. I discovered Hellboy was my threshold when it got eleven oh, percent, and I was like, it was real bad. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> all right. So, who wants to tell me what Spy Kids Two: The Island of Lost Dreams is about? Charlie, you take this one. Uh, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> Junie and Carmen are now top agents in the OSS, mm-hmm. the best spy agency in the world where all their spies are definitely secret and they definitely don't just tell everyone <laughs> they're secret agents the second they meet them. Yeah. Anyway, they then have to go to a amusement park and save the president's daughter who becomes the first, like, spy kid girl. Yeah, sure. Which is real weird that that is a thing that just happens to all of these films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they get sent on a mission or no sorry Junie gets framed and is no longer the best spy in the agency and has to leave the agency mm. so Gary Giggles and Gertie, uh, Gertie Giggles who are <laughs> other spy kids get sent on this amazing mission that's like the best mission ever and then the Cortezes sneak their way onto the mission and they go to this island where it's cloaked by a weird device that stops all electricity so they can't use any of their gadgets oh, but gadgets no. makes this agent an agent's <laughs> only as good as his gadgets that's yeah. the line they use but maybe they're not maybe they need to use their brains wow. anyway uh <laughs> then the giggles turn up and they have a little fight anyway i'm really doing this badly this i'm not as Listen, good as this what, what, you're mis- <laughs> what what's strange about the island that's the main thing i'm looking for here oh yes there's lots of genetically mutated animals such as spider monkeys which is a monkey's head or like torso on a spider's body yeah and and flying bullfrogs yeah yeah exactly flying pigs all fun stuff like that which steve buscemi made mm. for some reason which is yeah. never explained but who cares mm. uh, so then they have to stop <laughs> the bad guy who's also the head of the oss getting the device which is going to stop all the electricity in the world Missed that like, part. Why does he... Yeah, why does he want that? Who knows? Mm. Uh, and then it all works out in the end. Gertie turns on her brother and her dad and helps them She turns save them the day. on? Oh my God. <laughs> what kind That's of movie is that? That's racier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> you know what I mean. She betrays and them. then Junie at the end decides to just retire from the OSS after they save the world again. 
and go and live with the president's daughter, I guess. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. They also do ballet. So, yeah. um, <laughs> despite the fact that this film um, uses over twice the amount of special effects as the first film, Rodriguez did not ask producers for a larger budget. He said, I, oh. I told the studio I don't want more money, I just want to be more creative. And Rodriguez picked some visual effects companies who are eager and less established, as well as starting up Troublemaker Studios, which is the little logo you see yeah. at the start of every film. Um, and he also... Uh, got someone named Ray Harryhausen to um like work on the computer gen oh no sorry Ray Harryhausen has a cameo in the film and he was an old visual effects artist who worked on Jason and the Argonauts from 1963 and so yeah. there was a intention to have all the creatures in the movie look kind of like those old school stop motion you know uh -huh. from the 60s um and I think that's really cool because my personal go-to example when I think of old-timey, um, you know, stop-motion monsters is the skeletons with the swords from Jason and the Argonauts, which is very clearly referenced in Spy Kids 2, The Island of the Lost Dreams, when the same thing happens. So, yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's stuff like that that's why I quite like Robert Rodriguez. He's got, yeah. a, um, he's got a real good book called Rebel Without a Crew, which is about the making of his first movie, El Mariachi. And um, I, I read a broadcasting school and, and wrote about it in one of my final essays. Um, yeah, it's just real, it's real interesting about like just doing, making a film with, with fuck all. Um, like it, it was the, the budget was like, it was like $6,000 and he spent like $5,900 of that just on the film, on the film reels. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Yeah. So a year later, we got Spy Kids 3D, Game Over in 2003. <laughs> Also directed by Robert Rodriguez. Who wants to take a stab at the Rotten I'll Tomatoes? Take this one and then AJ. Hold on. Oh, 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 fucking oh, sorry, hell. Sorry. The podcast is derailed. <laughs> uh, 41. 41? I feel like uh, an auctioneer. 41. Can I get it higher than 41? 31. Richard? 40. 41. Four. 45. <laughs> oh, so, yes. Richard, what is Spike It's 3D Game Over about? Okay, so uh, Junie is now retired um, from the OSS, and he's like a uh, cool uh, film noir guy. <laughs> he's a private detective. investigator. <laughs> private investigator, that's the word. Um, or cool film noir guy, as the, the profession yeah, yeah. is technically called. Can I just say, that bit was my favourite bit of the whole quadrilogy. <laughs> it was pretty, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so he's um, contacted by the president, George Clooney, <laughs> who tells him that he needs to go into this video game um well he tells him that his sister's missing because she went into a video game on a mission um like a virtual reality yeah, yeah. which is created by uh the toy maker sylvester stallone um and so Junie goes into the game and his sister's on level four and he has to catch up to her uh, and then they have to take on level five, which is unbeatable. Yeah. Uh, and we're, and then they take on the toy maker, who is Sylvester Stallone, as I've mentioned. Mm. And he, um, like, talks to, like, alternate versions of himself, <laughs> yeah. which is really weird to see Sylvester Stallone do, like, character work. Because, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, one's a hippie and one's, like, a drill sergeant. Um, but then eventually like they, they win or whatever, but then they get out of the game and, but the game follows them out into the real world. 
Um, and there's my favorite part of the quadrilogy, which is when it's revealed that George Clooney is actually Sylvester Stallone and he like, you see him kind of transform into him, which is just, which happens by George Clooney doing a Sylvester Stallone impression, Mm. um, which then overlaps with Stallone doing it. And it's, and it's great. And then there's the bloopers when, um, Clooney does that bit and then is like this is the end of my fucking career yeah he, he's, he's fucking in the, in, the, in the credits in the blooper reel during the credits of a pg movie um <laughs> yeah so so the one thing i think you missed there is that um the the toy makers game is designed to trap people in it and i can't remember yeah. why but that's why and also um it's to take it's over 3D. their minds yeah, or yeah, something yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, he, he has the children's minds and he's got the next generation of i don't know it's real weird yeah. <laughs> he's like as soon as you've got their minds i don't know what he wanted to do with them <laughs> <laughs> yeah the cortez's granddad is like trapped the toy maker in there in the game or something yeah so prior to this film's release it was originally announced that this would be the last spy kids movie as the young actors and in particular alexa vega who plays carmen were growing out of the role which is something i it is interesting how quick they cranked out a trilogy yeah probably because of that because kids and you like juni in particular doesn't he matures but he doesn't look like he could, he's still. It still makes sense to call him a spy kid by the end of the third movie, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then there's like weird moments in the third one where it seems like you're supposed to find um, Carmen hot. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like all three of them. The, yeah, the, yeah. the three of us. All are three like... of the sort of auxiliary characters that show up in that film that help Judy on his quest at the end. They're all like, "Hey, uh, Carmen, here are all of our email addresses." <laughs> 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 the best best line is when um when Junie's love interest uh gets booted out of the game and he goes I never even got her email address. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good line. All right, so uh 7 years later? No. 8 years later how how much yeah. is yeah, 8 years later. 8. Um we got uh, the the like long-awaited revival. Everyone was clamoring for it. Uh, we got Spy Kids all the time in the world in 2011. Inexplicably, also directed by the same guy who directed the last three. Uh, and what do we reckon this is on Ron Tomatoes? Oh, like four. Uh, yeah, like I'm gonna say fourteen. Twenty-two yeah. percent. So no, that's I was wrong. gonna say I twenty. Disagree. Uh, so I'm going to call myself the winner there. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. I'm the only one who said the correct number, though, so maybe I'm the winner. <laughs> um, so, uh, second place, silver's still good. <laughs> I, I guess I'll take this. This one is about a... Um, like the bad guys... There's, new, there's a whole bunch of new spy kids and the bad guys... Uh, the big evil plan is that time is slowing down no time is speeding up which seems arbitrary because time is a <laughs> is a human invention you know like they're like you need yeah, to do this yeah. by friday and it's already thursday and it's but it was monday two hours ago and it's like yeah but you can control what you deem to be the day you, of the you week. can just not call the times those things yeah yeah because yeah. the way the way that time is shown speeding up is not just through the sun going up and down really fast but also clock hands speeding up real fast so again they're human inventions um anyway the the new kids the new characters are the stepchildren of jessica alba who was a spy but gave it up when she um gave birth to her new husband's child and the there's a whole plot about how she has trouble connecting with the kids and then they find out she's a spy 
And so they all team up to try and stop TikTok, um, which feels especially relevant today because uh, the amount of TikToks that my uh, Zuma sister sends me um, really <laughs> gave this film new light uh, because all I could imagine was like, we've got to stop TikTok. And I was like, hell yeah, bring back Vine. <laughs> 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. I'll give you this 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. Finally, someone is taking the big guns to TikTok. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, the Spy Kids initiative has been shut down, uh, but Junie and Carmen do show up, now spy adults. <laughs> <laughs> and um they go it turns out that the bad guy is once again the like leader of the oss is played by jeremy piven um and his plan is like that he was frozen in time as a child in the 30s from his dad who created this time displacement device and he wants to go back in time we'll, we'll talk about the ending later <clears throat> um i actually quite <laughs> liked his backstory it was quite interesting mm. Okay. Yeah, me too. So much. I wasn't was expecting that... to get feels in Spy Kids four, but I did. <laughs> All the feels his in the world. Story was interesting. I didn't really understand how it informed his plan. This this <laughs> will plan all be makes no sense. Yeah. No, I I, I agree with you, uh, Carlisle. Um. So, yeah. This much in the way we didn't really mention this, but Spy Kids three D game over was a three D film back before like the new invention of three D movies. So you wore like the red and green glasses red and blue red and blue glasses that Fucking like <laughs> spy kids 3d was the first movie in my lifetime i remember being 3d like 3d wasn't a thing and then spy Me kids too. 3d came out and then six years later we got avatar <laughs> like 3d wasn't it didn't even exist in the real world yeah. you weren't familiar with the concept of a z-axis until <laughs> yeah, you yeah. saw this movie exactly so much in the way that spy kids 3 was 3d spy kids 4 boasted uh 4d that in fact one of its titles is spy kids 4d uh that being what they call aromascope um which was <laughs> that you got like a scratch and sniff card when you saw it in the cinema <laughs> and you'd scratch the, the the number that would pop up on the screen because that's the thing missing from the cinematic experience <laughs> all right so guys had you had any of you seen these films before and if so what was your enduring memory of them before re-watching them i i'd seen one two and three yeah but i've seen three about eight times probably more <laughs> it's one of those films that just is always on tv at christmas for some reason so i just really? always watched it what a choice but i have no idea why so I'd, I'd seen all of them but i couldn't remember like i remembered like the fooglies and i remembered the weird animals on the island from the first two yeah but i didn't remember anything else but the third one i was just kind of like i know what's going on here and the fourth <laughs> one i didn't even know existed until you were like we're gonna watch the spy kids films all four of them yeah. and i was like what yeah. okay <laughs> I'd only ever seen the third one because that was just one of the DVDs we had when I was a very young child. Wow. So I'd watched it over and over again as a child. But there's so much in the beginning that only makes sense if you've seen the previous two Spy Kids movies. <laughs> so upon watching the first two Spy Kids movies for this podcast, it was like, oh! Yeah, there's a lot of continuity that they do keep yeah. quite... Um, front and center in these films which is surprising considering that they're yeah. kids movies richard um yeah i'd i'd seen i went to see the first second and third in the cinema wow. um and then and hadn't seen them since and i didn't see the fourth one um but it was weird like yeah these films i i haven't seen in you know close to 20 years mm. and um yeah and just like how much i kind of still remembered from them whereas like I don't. Re I remember like fuck all from 
of RoboCop 3, <laughs> um, which we watched like last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brain is and, a sponge at that time, isn't it? <laughs> and um, yeah, I, tr- I tried to watch the fourth one in a romoscope, um, but I couldn't find the cards. Because if, if you buy the uh, like edition of the Blu-ray, it comes with four of the romoscope cards. And I was um, grabbing lunch with a friend at work, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to go into um, JB Hi-Fi, which um, for, for you guys is like a, a CD store, CD and DVD store. Right. And um, I was like, I'm just going to pop to JB Hi-Fi. You, you head back, and he was like, oh, what are you getting? And I was like, um, uh, I don't <laughs> Cool <say>. films. <laughs> and then, and then I was like, later on, as, as I was leaving, I was like, I'm going to see if they have Spike It's 4 in a Roma store. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, I can see why he didn't want to tell me that." Yeah, <laughs> um, but I couldn't it's find It's so weird it. to talk about the aromascope thing because, like, in so in Spike, it's three D. Mm. There is so much places where it's really obvious that they were, you know, going for the fact that it's a three D movie where loads of stuff is coming right at you from the screen. It's literally but, every shot. Yeah. Yeah. it was but so there, annoying. But there's nothing. Nothing stood out to me mm. in. During Spike's they, 4D they is talk a bit where I would scratch a, a scratch and sniff. Really? I, I, the, it they, was when the baby farts. That's a, that, the only sure things yeah. that I can think of from Spike's 4 that jump to my mind when I think of things that could have smelt would be the plethora of fart and poop jokes in the film or <laughs> when Jessica Alba's water breaks. And I'm like, surely that's not one <laughs> yeah, of Those the are all things that I do not want a scratch <laughs> and, and sniff all those, card all those for. I'm happy pranks. for that sense to remain unexplored <laughs> while I'm watching this movie. This is me presuming that someone's water breaking smells like anything i don't know um <laughs> do you guys want to know what the actual smell the eight smells are i do have oh, i yeah, have please. two possible you tell me what they are and i'll delete what, what are your two possible so i found one that was like from the spike kids wiki but then i i yeah. found a review of the smells and they yeah. were completely different yeah oh really yeah because i'm looking at the review of the smells is that the vulture one yeah okay yep do you want to read them out? Um, so it says, um, first one is bacon, which is when at the start they're like tugging over a piece of bacon. Um, according to this review, it doesn't smell like anything. Hmm. Uh, the second <laughs> one, uh, Jessica Alba has a bag full of blue cheese yep. um, poured over her head. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, that also smells like nothing. And then um, <laughs> numbers three, four, and five are all supposed to smell like different types of candy. Um so right because there's but, that big pick a mix bar yeah. yeah okay um oh yeah and then number six is supposed to be um poop baby poop um <laughs> great nice and um they said it smells like chocolate um <laughs> and then the number out. seven is supposed to smell like dog farts mm. um which is, but apparently smells like vomit and then number eight i is wonder if that to- means that there was people you know, putting these cars together and, you know, they've done that one and someone went, no, 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 that smells too much like a human fart. No, 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 that's a cat fart. you got to go back to the blackboard. you got to get this dog essence here that comes through here. People are going to people are gonna roast us on Vulture if they don't think this smells enough like a dog fart. Uh, and the last one is supposed to smell like boogers, which is like, I, that's do they even smell like anything? Smell. Because yeah. It's just what a nose smells like. They're constantly in your nose and you don't notice. Yeah. Um, so what does the Spikers Wiki the say? The Spikers Wiki says that the flavors or the smells are bacon, grape, cherry, cinnamon, 
with a question mark, uh, bubble gum, <laughs> chocolate. When, when did they come up? With an explanation mark. I don't know, man. Uh, dog fart. <laughs> and then the most perplexing of all, victory, is apparently what the last is. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. I love and that. It's, if that's... it's really saying something if you can say a bunch of foods and then dog fart and then go the most perplexing of all <laughs> um, but on the vulture website those smells were actually reviewed by chandler burr who's an artificial artificial smell expert and one of the things that says on, <laughs> on this review is like yo this these aren't hard smells to make and yet somehow these are like these screw up really badly become an artificial smell expert <laughs> <laughs> no, like knowing very little like, everyone knows what victory smells like come on guys this one's easy <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you can trust me, I'm the artificial smell expert. <laughs> uh, so, in terms of my um, enduring memories from, because I'd seen, again, I'd, I'd seen the first three back when I was a kid. I never saw the fourth one, much like you guys. Um, and I remember not wanting to go see the original film in cinemas because I didn't find the concept of kids being spies very interesting. I was like, so, whatever. <laughs> uh, and then I think I caught it on a VHS <laughs> later on. And was, I was so enchanted by it. And I never, I, I, like, it's so colorful and, like, exciting and interesting. Uh, and I guess I just, I never I never saw any of them in cinemas. I remember, I, I feel like I watched all these movies in, like, my cousin's bedroom with fish and chips and a glass of Coke while my, my parents and my uncles and aunties watched, like, the adult movie in the lounge. Not the adult movie, but the... Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, how would you rank each of these films? Which was your favorite, and why? Let's on the the my from my perspective, Carlisle. You were first on the Google Hangouts uh, chart that I've got here, <laughs> so you can tell me what it is, what what your ranking well, is. Okay. F- four is solidly at the bottom. Okay. For yeah. me thoroughly the the least entertaining or at least the most upsetting because a lot of my notes for it two, like three of my notes are all just shut the fuck up this character in particular just because that was so annoying to me <laughs> mm-hmm. um the best i think was um spike it's two because mm-hmm. i think it sort of struck that balance between being thoroughly insane and but also a lot of fun to watch like you're invested in what's going on even though halfway through for absolutely no reason there's a haunted hidden treasure subplot <laughs> that <Yeah>. just happens <laughs> and then it's over and by the end of it the kids have gained the ability of telepathy which carries over into them. the third film yeah yeah that's right and but, the fourth one is it so that's yeah. just something i'm pretty sure <laughs> that happens and uh but yeah there's also a bunch of um genetically engineered weird creatures all over the place steve buscemi plays a really weird thing i didn't realize that this film spike it's two was the origin of the quote do you do you think that god too doesn't come down because he lives in fear of what he's created uh, I, I always thought it would be from a much more profound movie than spike it's two so i was falling out of my chair laughing when i realized that, that this is was, what that is from there was a reddit thread on our movies this week that was based about they were like it was like what what line of dialogue is too good for its movie and that was the example they used <laughs> yeah um uh, then uh, for me it probably goes spike it's two one three four cool from best to worst and overall would you say you liked or 
you know, the ones, did you like I, two or was it just your favourite out of, you know, if you have to pick one? No, I I, I definitely enjoyed yeah, yeah. Uh, one, two and three. I'd watch them again. I think I'd say Spike, it's four. It's probably the only one I didn't enjoy. And that really is only for the, maybe the first half. I think in the second half, it, it becomes more fun to watch. Mm. Um, mm. But I'm, I'm not very tempted to watch it again. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Charlie? Uh, I uh, mine goes one, two, three, four. I thought the first one was genuine. I was surprised at how good it was. I thought it was going to be awful. I thought I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to slog through all of these, but I actually had so much fun watching it. Yeah, I was just laughing the whole time. It was great. Four was four was just weird because it was so different. Like the first three are just insane, and then the fourth is just like, oh, we're just in like this normal house. Mm. And then we just go in. I don't know. I just the four was yeah, like yeah. more grounded. Yeah, and yeah. And it just totally. made it so much more boring. Yeah. And three, and this, three was this, the, three the was more tough. grounded one <laughs> is the one where time is speeding up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know what I mean. No, no, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that's how insane the first three films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <exactly. laughs> nice. Um, the fir- I'd say I liked the first two. The third one was all right, but there were bits of it. I think it might be because I've seen it so many times. Right. That was kind of like, oh, yeah, uh, I know. I know what it's not now. because you've seen it so many times. Okay. Richard, what, <laughs> how do you rate the films? Um, okay, so I would say... Um, uh, see, I was pretty clearly one, two, three, four, um, or or even like one, three, two, four. But Carlisle, you really sold me on two. Mm. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like for me, it's it, the the first three are kind of equal in like a weird way. Where like the first one's actually just a pretty good family film, and then like the second one improves in some areas, and then goes down in some areas, and then the third one is just so like ridiculous and stupid <laughs> that I quite like it. But yeah. then, yeah, it's um, and, and then also the fact that it's only like sixty five minutes. Really? Um, <laughs> makes it real easy. I think it's like 70 minutes. It's so easy to watch. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's... Um, but then obviously four is um, just not as good. Sorry, mm. Rob, you you didn't do it. See, I'm going to buck the trend somewhat with my ranking. I would rank them two, one, four, three. And I'll go through wow. this individually wow. before getting ahead of myself. Um, so I really enjoyed the first the first two. Um, the second one especially I thought was such a creative and interesting film. Like, I, it got to the part with the Argonaut skeletons, or even the part before that where they, they're in the temple and they can't speak, but they can read each other's mind. And I was like, this is so interesting. This is so <laughs> creative and weird, and there's not really a point to it, but it it kind of just feels like these simple ideas that Rodriguez was interested in. And he's like, yeah, maybe this happens. Maybe this happens. And it feels like there's a lot of love (laughs) gone into them, I think. And in a weird way, those first two films feel like simultaneously, almost like the quintessential kids blockbuster. And yet somehow they're like the only films of their kind as well. You know? Yeah. Like they, they tick so many boxes for what I think, a great like school holiday movie should be um and yet the only other movie i can think of that even feels vaguely similar to the spy kids films is shark boy and lava girl which is the spiritual (laughs) successor to the spy kids films um roger ebert had this to say about the first film uh which i thought 
kind of echoed what what we've all said. He says, movies like Spy Kids are so rare. Families are often reduced to attending scatological dumber and dumbest movies like C-Spot Run, which I'm sure was a sick burn in 2001. Um, (laughs) Movies that teach vulgarity as a value. Spy Kids is an intelligent, upbeat, happy movie that is not about the comedy of embarrassment um, that, that does not have anybody rolling around in dog poop. They would rather find out what it can accomplish than what it can get away with. That's a that's a that's poetry. What that's really what can I, I, spike that really made me laugh? Yeah, because in the second film, <laughs> the villains literally fall into a giant <laughs> pile of camel shit, I, and it gets in their mouth, and it really <laughs> very true. So I imagine this reviewer was not pleased with the second. No, film. and, and <laughs> he, he died a few years after the uh, after the fourth one, and I'm not going to say it's because his words were so clearly <laughs> thrown back in his face. Um, he had the last film he ever reviewed was the host the um like based on the stephanie meyer oh yeah. yeah um and um that's like the movie so bad it killed roger ebert wow there you go. <laughs> um but i love that line it would rather find out what it can accomplish than what it can get away with which is such a cool way that's to look at it you know cool, yeah mm. um so i really enjoyed the chemistry between daryl sabara and alexa vega i think her name is alexa pen vega now or something yeah, um right. they they play and also daryl sabara's um married to megan trainer yeah. now um, really? Yeah, yeah. actually, you yeah. you really want to destroy your image of Spy Kids? Go check out the movie World's Greatest Dad. <laughs> yeah, or um, he's in the Halloween, isn't he? Is he? I don't remember. And he, and he like beats up um. Well, in you the, can watch the Rob Spy Zombie Kids one. Four, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and World's Greatest Dad, he plays a um a masturbation addicted little shit. Um, and he's the, the son of Robin Williams and I'm going to spoil the film for you but it's what makes the film interesting so I have to spoil it's like the mid, maybe a bit before the middle of the film um, he accidentally kills himself through autoerotic asphyxiation and it's oh it, the, the movie is Robin Williams trying to um, hide it and it's it's a very interesting film. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's what the cool. fuck? <laughs> and Daryl Sabara, they they the makeup department must like go in between takes and dampen his cheeks because he's constantly sweating throughout the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, like it was so, like I mean, the, it's, it's it's the plot of the film, even though it doesn't have it all like halfway through. But um, like because Robin Williams is a failing writer. And he, um, because he does, he wants to hide the fact that his son killed himself while jerking off. He like writes a suicide note that ends up like getting published because it was so beautifully written. And they were like, "Oh, Daryl Sabara is like this, um, you know, he was this beautiful tortured spirit, yeah. and and none of us knew." Um, and so you know he can't come clean and say I wrote it, but he wants the credit for it. It's a very cool, f- <laughs> direct- directed by Bobcat Goldplate. <laughs> Very, very interesting film. It's a very interesting film. Um, And not to stay too much on it, because I I have a movie club on Facebook, uh, which you should all join, uh, AJ's Movie Club. Look it up on Facebook. And um, there's we did we did World's Greatest Dad about a year ago, and the the people the people were writing like their comments about the film, and everyone was real conflicted because some of the film is this really cool dark idea, and then some of it's real weird. And there's a part where Robin Williams. Is, is talking to his neighbour and he quotes Simon Pegg 
yeah. when talking to his neighbour. And we talked about it in the comments that were like, why is it so fucking weird that is it because Simon Pegg's like a contemporary figure? You know, he's not he's not like some old philosopher. Because well, he, like, he's quoting like a piece of IMDb trivia. Yeah, or well, yeah, essentially. Is it, it just it doesn't feel like a line of dialogue in a film. It sounds like something you'd say I to your friend. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that was because I watched the film a few years earlier than that, and yeah. I didn't rewatch it for AJ's dumb movie club. But um, I uh, that was the one line that stuck out to me and stuck with me for like three or four years. Mm. Um, yeah. but you guys should watch it it's a, it's a real interesting film I'm, and, and I'm especially going to now just trying to stop me <laughs> <laughs> and now as well because it's all um, yeah, Rob Williams going on TV and you know say, um, saying about how suicide isn't the answer and all this stuff mm. so it's quite it's, some of it's yeah, quite it's, sad it's and, and yeah uh, so I, one of the other things I liked about the first uh, Spy Kids film was the the subplot that Junie has warts on his fingers that he's oh, yeah. covering up and I was like what a like oh, yeah. what a what a great little character struggle that so many kids will watch this film and like relate yeah. to what a great little yeah. character yeah. I was, oh, I was waiting guys. for a break in the in AJ's Thank text you. to, I just to say that <laughs> very nice Okay, so um, I just realised I did a bunch yeah. of clicking finger guns for Charlie's joke, <laughs> which people listening to this will have no idea why I did that. Yeah, Well, I do want to before we move on. I do want to um, focus on the chemistry between um, Journey and Carmen because, mm-hmm. um, like you said, you like the chemistry. The chemistry is real weird between the two of them. So the second film is like. Junie getting real jealous that um someone wants to fuck his sister. Don't say and- fuck. They're little kids, you freak. They, just, someone's got a crush that on her. Doesn't it. mean they don't want to fuck. <laughs> yeah, like They're like fourteen-year-old so boys want to fuck more than anyone. Um, <laughs> but um, but like yeah, the fact that someone wants to like get with his sister and Junie's like weirdly jealous about it there's a lot of sexual tension between these the siblings <laughs> like honestly it's, it's like keep it throughout the entire film that's that's Junie's like subplot in mm. in the second one is being jealous of his his sister like other other men giving his sister attention and then in the fourth <laughs> film there's a real weird moment i was watching it with jess and she and we and i kept on talking about all these pointing out the weird moments where she where, where like Junie and Carmen would have like real weird chemistry, and then there's the bit in the fourth one when the new Spy Kids meet Carmen first, and for some reason they see like video footage of like a slow motion <laughs> montage set to very romantic music of all the times <laughs> when like Junie and Carmen would like touch hands and all this stuff, and then they go, oh like who's that? Um, you know, as if like this must be a long lost love or something like that, and she goes, oh it's my brother. They're like, oh okay. And then the the way they the, the the way they interact is very like, um, you know you know how like they always say oh when you when you like someone you you that's they that you tease them or like when when you're being teased yeah. like they just like you that's their whole interaction in the fourth film is like wiping boogers on each other and all this like it's they're very strange that's what brother Here's and sister thing, though, do in the fourth film yeah like that's maybe. That could be an indication that they fancied each other if they were younger. If you're an adult and you're wiping boogers on each other, then you're probably siblings. <laughs> uh, I, so I get what you're saying with the fourth one with that montage. Yeah. That's not how I read the situation in the second one. 
because I, I I didn't read it as Junie's jealousy. I read it as Junie being aware that the this person that Carmen is sort of you know flirting with is a huge dick. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and Junie just saw being have, aware of that and not approving. Yeah, no, I agree. I have in my notes, Gary Giggles is the biggest prick in cinematic. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I thought that the third film was so bad. I thought this film <laughs> fucking sucked. And if you had told me that Spy Kids 3 was a dramatic step down in quality from the first two, I'd be like, what do you mean? Like, it's, an, it's not a hard standard. It's not a particularly high standard to reach. And I couldn't imagine how hard, like, it'd be hard to replicate, you know, the same same quality. But it's like, in, in my opinion, it's almost like Rodriguez went out of his way to make the film bad. Like, it, it looks like shit. The the whole th- basically the whole thing <laughs> oh, yeah. is filmed in a green screen when the technology was nowhere near good enough to facilitate <laughs> what they're trying and to show. And then they reference it like as if to make it okay. He like gets and knocks on the floor and it's like uh, low res. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and what what I've I scoured the internet looking for for answers to. Carmen is barely in the film. It's it's all yeah. Junie's story, and then none of like the parents aren't in it, um, and you know a bunch of the characters aren't in it until the like final scene, except for Grandpa. Grandpa, for some reason, was the character that were like, "Yep, yeah, he's going to be the the buddy to to Junie in this film," and so Grandpa has a huge role in it. It's and I, I googled like, why was it, you know why did Alexa Vega have scheduling conflicts and and all this sort of thing to try and find yeah. out why she was because I was like there's got to be a reason for it it's it surely it's not a creative decision to just not have her in much of the film I couldn't find anything um, <laughs> the grandpa's not even in it that much he just turns up every now and again with a fucking butterfly on his hand yeah. and it's just like here you go Junie here's some yeah. help. And then just goes away again. He's just not there yeah. anymore. It does really feel like there was some sort of weird backroom deal mm. where the grandpa was like, you know what? I feel like I'm not being utilized and I have a very high <laughs> idea of myself. So unless you make me basically the main character and <laughs> cut out one of the kids almost entirely, I refuse to come back for Spy Kids 3. Yeah. And for some reason they were like, no, we can't lose grandpa. So they well, did. they needed him <laughs> for the amazing ending, for the original <laughs> yeah. Avengers Endgame ending. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I that for a time that was my um I was gonna say that was my continue the franchise. Um is just someone please re edit the ending of um Spy Kids three to have the <laughs> portals theme. Um because everyone shows up and it's like this incredible thing and they throw glasses on them so that they can see them the robot. Mm. Um Oh my god, it's so Steve fucking Buscemi good. the cracked glass. <laughs> so I'm I'm glad that we're talking about the ending of Spy Kids three D game over. Because this has gotta be one of the worst third acts I've ever seen in a film. Like, comparative to the rest of the film and its predecessors, right? Like, it. first of all, again, the whole film, or a lot of the film, is filmed on green screen, including the third act where they're not in the video game anymore. Yeah. Actors who are very clearly not in the same room as each other run out into the street, which is... Un- There's no one walking around... 
There's no, you know, there's no one like, there's no bystanders or anything. It's just a completely empty street and there's like no spatial awareness. You don't know how far away the the giant robots are from the characters. And like, there's this one part where one of the giant robots picks up Carmen and it's, it opens its mouth to eat her. And then she quickly calls Gary Giggles and it cuts away and he gets a call and he's like, I need your help. She's like, I need your help. And he's like, I'm there. And then... It cuts back to Carmen, and he arrives, and the monster, the, the robot's mouth is still open, slowly going, and meeting that either it's been doing that for you know the bare minimum of however long it took Gary Giggles to get there, or he got there instantaneously. I, it, it's just a complete, a complete mess. <laughs> it's yeah. The best bit of that is when grandpa they're like leaving the game and grandpa's like i want to stay and then junior he's like oh i can like run i can jump i can use my legs again i haven't felt this good in ages and he's just like please don't stay grandpa oh yeah right you make you make a good <laughs> I'll leave the game. even though he wants to leave the game anyway because he wants to go and confront the toy maker yeah. so what's he doing he just wants a lot a lot of questions like, of, of that, that variety in, in these movies charlie like what, why is he doing all, that does he want this disagree with your ranking because we all, we've all put four at the, bo- at the bottom, but none of us can disagree with a single word that you said about what he's doing. And like one of you guys mentioned before how like the start of the film where Junie as a as a private investigator is actually really cool. And I I thought that was there was a cool place to begin the character. They begin in an unfamiliar place and it starts and he's like, I'm no longer a spy, now I'm a private investigator. And I was like, Oh cool. And even like there's even something compelling about Carmen being not in the beginning of the movie. Like it it vaguely reminded me of Luke Skywalker in the Force Awakens. Like it's this, it's this <laughs> legacy character that you talk about and it builds up and you're like, when are we gonna see But I think because it's such a short movie, it doesn't work. If this had been a you know, heaven forbid this was a serialized TV show, like it would be kind of cool if like Spike had season three started and Carmen's not in the first couple episodes and you're like, oh man, where is she? What's going on? Like that would be. Cool. I would absolutely watch a series of Judy as a PI. Um, the beginning of Spy Kids three gave me false hope for the rest of it because <laughs> I remember I remembered this film. Where I was like, it's pretty bad, and then it gets to the start. And he's in the water park talking to that girl, and he's like, "I know where all your water's gone. It's winter. They closed the park." And I was like, "Yes, I'm in. This is incredible." And then the rest, it just dro- as soon as he stops doing a voiceover, the film just drops, yeah. and I was so disappointed. Yeah. No, I- agreed. It's it is. I thought like again. I was like, how is this so much worse than the first two films? <laughs> it feels like imp- an impossible feat to make, to actively make a film of such an achievable quality worse. I don't understand. It's so bad. My- are, you ready? are you ready for my hilarious Spike Kids 3? Tell show? me. Oh my God, fuck yes. Are you ready? Okay. This film was shit. Tacky mushrooms. Thank you. If you haven't watched the film, that's Carmen's recurring joke. Even in number four for yeah, some yeah. reason. Yeah, which is old so enough f- to swear. Yeah, you're so full of shit. That would mushrooms. be great if, the, if for if for character if for realism reasons they just had to go. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, didn't that blow your mind when you were a kid? And you're like, oh my gosh, shiitake yeah. mushrooms. That was how I it found out what of... shiitake mushrooms were. Yeah. yeah. It reminded me of Austin Powers 2 when he's talking to the mm. Japanese guy in the business. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. Like, the building. Yeah. And all the subtitles are cut off by like books and yeah, stuff yeah. and they move them out of the way. Oh, um, our second sh- franchise to make a joke about shiitake mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> um, or if like, yeah, if in the fourth one she was like, 
Holy fucking shiitake mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't get mad. I was talking about produce. <laughs> <laughs> On the topic of the fourth film, this is one of those like baffling legacy sequels, right? That that it joins the ranks of Cats and Dogs 2, The Revenge of Kitty Galore, or the Johnny English sequels, where it's like, who was asking for this? But (laughs) unlike those two examples, there is actually a reason for why the series was revived. Um, Robert Rodriguez was apparently prompted to make the film by an incident on the set of the Machete films um, when Jessica Alba, who's in the Machete films, and her then one-year-old baby, okay, the baby's name is Honor Marie, um, was and she was dressed to okay. appear on camera and then her baby's di- diaper exploded uh, and Rodriguez says watching Alba change the diaper while trying not to get on any of her clothes prompted Rodriguez to think what about spy mum <laughs> what about spy mum they already had spy mum they already glasses. it said spy mama we're all invested yeah yeah no look I didn't loathe all the time in the world as much as I loathed 3D. But it is still <laughs> such a load of horse shit. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's the, the ending, you guys, uh, let's talk about the ending because you guys said you liked it before. It just, like, it goes on and on and people keep talking and people keep saying things and I feel like I misinterpreted it because the bad guy wants to go back in time so that he can spend more time with his dad. Right, and he's tried over and over again, and that's why there's all these like time replicated clones of him because he's failed and come back to the present and had to help his current self achieve this goal over and over again. And then at the end, he does get back and he hugs his dad, and then he <laughs> returns to the to the, the the big battlefield, and he's an old man now, and he's like, you know what? You're right. After all that time, I I d- tried to get back to my dad, and he still died. Yeah. I was like, your I plan down, was to stop your dad from dying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? It was to spend more time with him. You would think he's not going to die? <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he comes back as an old man, which means he went back in time, spent as much of his dad's life with him as he had left and then comes back and is like you know what kids you're right it was a folly it was a, you know, it my, was a, my dad, it was a fool's despite errand. the fact that I've mastered time travel my dad was still mortal <laughs> <laughs> damn what? so glad. I thought they were going to go for some insane twist in this because Jeremy Piven is like the head of the OSS and then he's also clearly TikTok but then there's a guy in a mask and I was like Okay, so those two are clearly the same person. Who's the guy in the mask? And I thought Junie was going to come back. I also thought it would be Junie, which would have been sick. And I was like, this is going to be sick. This is going to be like an insane twist. And then he just comes back and he's like, I'm just normal. I'm just Junie. We're just doing the same character reveal twice. (laughs) (laughs) Like, do we need to talk about Ricky Gervais in Spy Kids 4? Uh, Well, I think having two British guests, we we have to. Yeah. (laughs) It's really fucking annoying. So who does Ricky God, Gervais? I hated Ricky Gervais. Who does he play in the film, Carlisle? He plays a dog called Argonaut. And literally, he's a robot dog, basically. And he's been made to protect... He's been assigned to protect um, the the new generation of Spy Kids, uh, Jessica Alba's two stepchildren. Mm-hmm. And... God, he's irritating. <laughs> and I don't even necessarily hate Ricky Gervais... Um, 
But God, just in this, he is so off-putting <laughs> to look at his character, the dog, with Ricky Gervais's voice coming out of yeah. him. And all of his jokes are about being a dog, <laughs> which, you know what? Fine. That's that's a tried and tested format <laughs> for jokes in a kid's movie. If you've got a talking animal, they should make jokes about being the animal, but not every four fucking seconds. <laughs> just shut the fuck up, Ricky Gervais's dog at Argonaut. Yeah. God, it really, really pissed me off. <laughs> did, did two Ricky... of my four notes for this film are just ricky gervais is shit and i hate this <laughs> <laughs> did ricky gervais is like um his i guess uh social currency stock did it go down when he was able to show that his infectious laugh he can just do as like as an actor you know because i remember when an idiot abroad came out and he was like, oh ricky's laugh is so funny in it and then in this he does his laugh and it's like so it's i don't know there's something disheartening to know that he can just do it <laughs> Did you have to stop watching it for a second and just be like, he lied to me? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, it feels like you're hearing something you're not supposed to. This actor lied to me. <laughs> I bet he's not even a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you watch you watch this film and with Ricky Gervais, you, you can't tell whether like Ricky Gervais was just a weird choice for the like vibe of a Spy Kids film, or if the shtick that is Ricky Gervais is not as timeless as they thought it was going to be in 2000. Yeah. <laughs> the bit that annoyed me the most is just that he just would talk when it was so unnecessary. Like, mm. Jessica Alba would be talking to the two kids, and then the dog would be in the background just being like, yes, I agree. Woof, yeah. woof. Yeah, yeah. I'm a dog. Like, shut <laughs> yeah. the fuck up. No one cares. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So... At the best of times, I feel that the Spy Kids series is a bunch of dumb fun. There's a bunch of silly jokes and visually really intriguing ideas and concepts. And at its worst, it feels like it was written by some guy you hired off Fiverr because you really needed to just finish the script. You really needed to crank it out. And there's so much, like in all four films, I'm not letting the first two get away, the dialogue in the climaxes is so drawn out. And even the second one, and like Cheech, Cheech from Cheech and Chong like betrays them at the end of the second one. And you're like, what the, aren't you like a good, like, like I would never. Uncle Felix. Yeah, Uncle Fe- I don't need Uncle Felix to switch sides. It's not the character's <laughs> point, you know? And like, they just, they all stand in these green screens and talk to each other for a bit. And it's just, it's, it feels like props to Robert Rodriguez because he must, he must be such a mule to be able to actually write all of that, like if I got into that, if I was writing these films and I got into that many pages of dialogue at the climax, I'd be like, "Fuck, I, I'm giving up. This is that's, too much that's information. Maybe I need to." The convey. most double-bladed compliment I've ever heard. <laughs> God, I really admire your work ethic. How you could just keep putting out shit. Yeah, well, no, because because like you get it with like soap opera writers or like any any writers for anything that's not like prestige content right is like Mm. they are hired because they are good at writing but the misconception there is that everything they write is gonna be like really good quality and it's like no they can just have the endurance it's an endurance you have to admire though like on all of these films he composed the soundtrack Mm. and he was like the vfx supervisor and he i think was the camera operator for a couple of them yeah and he like wrote and directed all of them and i think like that's what i like rodriguez is that he like he does everything. Yeah. No, totally. The man lives to make films. <laughs> yeah. And he churned these out one year after the other and then went and made Sin City, I think was his next film. 
And the and the, the films <laughs> he made really either weird. side of Spy Kids four were machete and machete kills. <laughs> um, so which I I only know a little bit about the machete films, but I do know that just the idea that they're in the same universe as these films is hysterical. Yeah, yeah. because they are just ridiculously violent. Yeah. And- um, actually, before I forget, AJ, while we're talking about the um the dialogue and the climax, I believe it's in the fourth one, but we spoke last week about... Um... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The leave my friend Robocop alone. Um, the, the fictional line from Robocop that I came up with. But then Spike is for pretty much has that line when she's like Lee um what'd she say uh, stay away from my spy kids yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's like stay away from my kids no spies no spy kids spies. Oh, oh, sorry, stay away. Like- guys you're getting the line wrong and stay away from my stepkids oh, and then yeah. the girl's like make that your kids and she's like stay away from my kids my spy kids. There you go. <laughs> it's so good. I, I stood up and cheered. Right it goes like, up the for a ending while. of that is that so was actually an uh, like, that was an alternate take. If you see the blooper reel, at one point they turn around and go, "What are we? Some sort of spy kids?" <laughs> and then that was what they went with originally. The ending That's of Spy Kids Four is so weird because they're like, "We're starting up the new Spy Kids division. We need to activate all these kids." And they're just looking at like CCTV <laughs> footage of like a playground, and they're just like making all these kids spy kids. Yeah, like, I feel like any training. I feel like a better ending would be if they look directly into the camera and talk to you. Like, so you're a kid watching the film, and they're like, mm. "Here's our next recruit." They, they, they do at one point because they like they go you you, and then they point directly at the that. camera. And they go you, but then it pans back to the screen and it's just activated. <laughs> So they kind of they try to do the best of both worlds, but in yeah. reality that doesn't that, work. That is, it just sort of feels messy. That is how a division run by kids would probably pick their recruits, though. They just randomly select <laughs> children in them. <laughs> like, see, that guy can do the monkey bars in three swings. We yeah. need him on our side. <laughs> so, did you guys? Do, uh, I know you did, Richard, but Charlie and Carlisle. Did you guys stick around for the post-credit scenes? No, I, I so I saw the second were. one. I didn't. So you guys talked about the George Clooney being like, "This is the end of my fucking career." That was news to me. I haven't seen right. that. I saw the second one, and the second one is fucking nuts. My, the sound <laughs> on my illegal rip cut out, so I had to read what. Yeah, on all four of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. So the the post credit scenes are some of the most mysterious and enigmatic post-credit scenes i've ever seen the the first one's post-credit <laughs> scene is just it's the hallway where junie meets the thumb people um what are they called thumb thumbs yeah. thumb thumbs thumb thumbs in the first film it's just that hallway and it it just the camera just moves through it and uh, um rowan who's who had remembered it and was talking to me about it, he's one of the other guys on the cop popsha show he was like yeah it's just silence it's just a silent shot of a hallway and then in the second one, it does the same thing with their tree hut. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you- I was talking. I was talking about the scene, the like talent show 
thing. Uh, well, that's from Spy Kids. There are two. three post-credit scenes in Spy Kids too. <laughs> oh, the MCU of stole so much from Spy Kids. Yeah. I didn't even realize. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they definitely stole the end of Spy Kids three because <laughs> that. You know the bit in the Avengers Endgame where everyone shows yeah. up? They stole that from the end of Spike exactly. Kids 3. Because <laughs> everyone in the Spike Kids franchise shows up at the end of Spike Kids 3. And then and gets don't a solo. do anything because he just shuts down the road by himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is there. <laughs> All right. So Sorry, please carry do you on. Guys, moving on now, do you guys have any favorite moments or things from the series you'd like to discuss, be they genuinely good or so bad they're good? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love missed to hear out? some that- of your uh, notes that you guys took. Mm. Uh, I well, just- I'd like to... Sorry, you go, As it's Carla. just come up, I'd just like to spend a little more time talking about that talent show scene. Yeah. Um, because what the hell? It's, it comes out of just nowhere. There's no apparent tie to anything else in the entire franchise yeah. to it. What happens is Machete has supposedly made like these devices that can make... Carmen sing and dance just like a pop <laughs> Machete's star. their uncle. I don't think we've actually mentioned that. Who's another sure. spy. And um, this, is, this is the during the credits of Spy Kids 2. Yeah. <laughs> and they give Juni a guitar that will make him play like... Um, <laughs> uh, that could play like a copyright-friendly version of Santana. He like puts four <laughs> famous guitarists' names together. And it puts it together. But... At one point, he's genuinely just playing Santana licks. Right. At one point, he's straight up playing Smooth by Santana. <laughs> um, uh, so they're just playing this song. And there's a bit where Machete accidentally hits the Spanish version of the singing device. Yeah. And Carmen starts singing in Spanish. He he accidentally cranks up the dance thing. So she just goes fucking like, insane with dancing. And, just super fast. I move every half and second. And it's important to um, note that the, the nothing else in the rest of the movie is about Carmen wanting to be a good singer. There's no, no mention of the talent <laughs> show earlier in the film. This is a scene that just comes out of the blue. She's. I, I presume Alexa Vega was going for a, like, singing career at the time. Yeah, because it has, like... Um, yeah, yeah, she does a song for the third one as well. Yeah, like. yeah. Called Game Over. Yeah. Hmm. And... Yeah, so and it turns out in the end he didn't put batteries in <laughs> their devices, so they were all. So it was a huge coincidence that she just started singing started in Spanish and dancing faster. <laughs> <laughs> and turns out she's just really good at singing and yeah, dancing. Yeah. And Judy, despite having never played guitar, I'm mean, singing and dancing is one thing. There's an amount of just an inherent ability, but you have to practice with a guitar to just yeah, play the, 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 the twist is supposed to be that she was actually a good singer and didn't need the machine but that's yeah. ignoring the fact that when it, he accidentally switched to Spanish she started that's irrelevant to yeah. the, 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 the the like motivational message of them being good enough uh, all along like yeah. she just knew to start the- speaking in Spanish <laughs> at the same time he pressed the button I'm calling bullshit he, t- he took the batteries in, out in- before he told them <laughs> in the um credits of Spike Kids 2 as well there are some outtakes and one thing in the beginning of Spike Kids 2 there's an absolutely hilarious scene where um Junie's basically trying to chat up the president's daughter and she he asks her to dance and she says well I only know how to dance a ballet and he says what a coincidence and then he like jumps through the air and does a couple spins and then lands and goes so do I (laughs) and the outtakes the outtakes show it was actually that actor that plays Junie doing that which I was really impressed yeah. by. <laughs> Good old Daryl. Daryl? 
without saying Sabara <laughs> after gets... it, it seems a lot less like. Me and Dad will go way back in the fourth one than he is as a child in the first three. Oh, he's <laughs> so good in World's Greatest Dad, though, dude. <laughs> I was impressed by his um by some of the performances in the third one, like knowing that they're acting to nothing. Like there's a lot of good um, <laughs> eyeline work, and which I guess is the directing the effects as well. But mm. yeah, there's some some bits of Journey that I was like, yeah, I believe you're looking at the thing that you're supposed to be yeah, looking yeah. at. Did you enjoy Elijah Wood's cameo? <laughs> oh, that was yes. great. I got so excited. <laughs> it's it's one of those cameo. cameos where it's only relevant to the plot if you know who Elijah Wood is. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you have knowledge outside of the film of who the actor is. Um, yeah, he sh- so for those who haven't seen it, he shows up. As like a fake out ending because everyone thinks he's the the real chosen one, and then he dies the immediately. The guy they call him. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's weird how they're in this game for like a month or however long, but they've suddenly des- developed like a rich religion that goes <laughs> back to like the developers. <laughs> yeah. like, the guy will come and save us all. So, oh, one thing I think was funny is you kept talking about how Spike It's Three is almost entirely green screen. Mm. And um, one thing I thought was really funny in the first film, and also in bits of the second, is that um, that Floopy, the guy that makes that children's television show, they show him filming it, and they green screen him into a green screen room. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like you could have you could have cut out some of the variables. He could have just filmed the green screen he was using. Yeah, yeah. Floop, Floop. What do you guys think? I thought Floop was a pretty cool. Oh, I love Floop. Floop. Alan, yeah, this is Alan it's Cullen's weird how just none of the villains, there's just no, no repercussions. Like, even yeah. the yeah. one Minion? that works Absolutely at the OSS the just still one. works at the OSS yeah. in the third one. <laughs> yeah. The main, the head bad guy of Spike Kids 2 is just now a technician in the third one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the best bit in the first one is when he's like, Minion? He's like, it's Mr. Minion now. <laughs> Tony Shalhoub. There's a, yeah. If we have time for a brief se- uh, section of dumb IMDb trivia... Um, when I was looking on for trivia for these films on IMDb, in the first one it says Tony Shalhoub plays Mr. Minion, uh, a role which he did like a year before he played Monk. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I don't, what who cares? <laughs> All of these actors played roles after this film. Um, I uh, we should also do um, a segment called um, "Dumb Things That AJ Thought About the Movie." <laughs> <laughs> I thought I've already shared, haven't I? <laughs> shared enough dumb things that I thought about the movies? No, what did you message me the other night? All right, this is a good conversation. All right, so I'm. Do you, you guys are familiar with like the concept of like meta contextual casting? So like Michael Keaton, no. Michael. And I thought you were going to say, are you com- are you familiar with the concept of messaging? But uh, carry on. Do you guys have that in the UK? <laughs> Michael Keaton plays Birdman in the movie Birdman who's about like right, a, sure. a washed up oh, yeah, ex-superhero yeah. actor which he is yep. in real life that sort of thing and I messaged sure. Richard and was like is um, Floop the original metacontextual casting? No, no what you, said, what you said was is casting Paul Rubens as a um, kids show host the original metacontextual casting Yeah, and I was like what was the what was why and you're like because he played um Wee herman and i was like yeah 
what? How is that meta contextually played Pee Wee Herman? And he's like, no, nah, but he's in Spy Kids. I was like, do you think that Alan Cumming is Paul Rubens? Which because I was, I, I'd woken up to go to the toilet or something like that because I and I'd been asleep. So I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? Because <laughs> I Rubens. thought you were just like Paul Rubens as Pee Wee Herman is the first example of meta contextual casting. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know much about Paul Rubens before he was in. <laughs> I don't even know much about Pee Wee Herman. It didn't play in New Zealand. Um, no, like Paul, Alan Cumming and Paul Rubens look very similar, and I I still feel like maybe Alan Cumming was cast in Spy Kids as Floop because he has the Pee Wee Herman look. Um, right. But I also the, sure. the fact that you thought the first example of that was in two thousand and one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when like 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 I'd say Sunset Boulevard is like one of the most classic examples of that, mm. where the the main uh, woman is like a, a fading film star played by a fading film star mm. um and that's like 1950 mm. yeah because <laughs> uh, the reason i bring up floop is because i forgot to mention when we we're talking about our enduring memories of the series but one of the only things i remember from spy kids before re-watching it was um floop is a madman help us save us floop is a madman help us save us <laughs> which is the yeah. message that the mutated characters of floops fooglies say but it's in reverse and I always yeah, remember, you're not the yeah. first person to say that as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, people this week that I've been talking, telling I've been watching Spy Kids have said, "Oh, all I remember is the Floopers that jingle." Man. Yeah, but the um, I, I, so... I love the um, uh, Floop's dream sequence. The you can dream my dream. Yeah, it's so cool. It's a good song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Hey, well, let's move on to talk about something that we talk about a lot on this podcast, which is titles. Uh, we talk about titles a lot on this podcast. Uh, and I don't necessarily have too much to say about the titles themselves. They are they're vaguely consistent. Like I don't mind when the fourth film drops the you know the number, the numbering device, and whatever. I don't know. I don't have much to say about the titles themselves. But it is interesting that the first film is called Spy Kids because that's the name of the evil robots. Like. In, in the the, mm. the kid versions of the the mm. robot versions of these famous children they're like they're called spy kids and that's why the first one's called spy kids and then in the the sequels it's like no they're, they're called spy kids because the kids are spies and it reminds me of um the watchman movie the the collective of the superheroes in watchman the movie are called watchman whereas in the graphic novel they're called something else i can't remember what i think they're called the Minutemen or something no that's the original ones they're not called right. watchmen in the graphic novel and the words watchmen refers to like a jfk quote that yeah I, I like that a lot as well because spy kids if you're talking about the kids is kind of a misnomer because at no point in any of the f- four films do they do any spying at no point does a kid <laughs> assume an alias yeah. or sort of go undercover <laughs> or do anything as spying they're really more of spy operatives but i think that doesn't really roll off the tongue mm. quite as well <laughs> spy operatives one secret two, three, agent four. kids secret kids yeah that should be called <laughs> it should be called kids. don't tell your parents <laughs> <laughs> never tell your parents uh the fourth one is called all the time in the world do you think that that is a deliberate um sort of allusion to because there is a bond song the bond song for on her majesty's secret service is called all the time in the world as Uh, well wikipedia certainly seems to think they're connected right okay (laughs) yeah yeah just thought i'd bring that up (laughs) 
All right, well, let's move on now to uh, one of our final segments of the show. This is Continue the Franchise. Uh, This is a segment where we all pitch our sequel continuation ideas. But before we do that, uh, let's talk about the actual continuations of Spy Kids because it is not without its you know ongoing legacy the spy kids uh, the spy kids brand has been adapted into a couple of video games uh, there is also an animated netflix series called uh, spy kids mission critical which currently has two seasons uh, and tentative plans for more in the future but nothing as of yet thank god uh, apparently it follows <laughs> carmen and juni in what looks like as an alternate canon as they attend a spy academy which makes this like our third or fourth franchise we've done recently which has a netflix animated series or an animated series at all in development or (laughs) something you know because robocop had a couple of animated series fast and furious has got one coming out so there you go i hadn't even heard of it they did they market it uh the the underbelly of kids kid netflix shows is huge dude there's so many netflix shows (laughs) aimed at kids that are like spin-offs of movies that you've never heard of well you've heard of the movie but you've never heard of the 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 show um but in terms of movies while there were once plans for a fifth film that would act as a direct sequel to all the time in the world it got ended up getting cancelled because the two main stars like each ended up landing a tv show each (laughs) so they were they and you know they would they would grow up and they wouldn't have enough time to be on on um in another movie and now they are no longer children um <laughs> but do not fear because the spy kids franchise actually has its own spin-off series as we mentioned before in one of the strangest and most inappropriate i want to say <laughs> spin-off series in film history there are two r-rated machete movies uh, which we'll be covering next fortnight on the show um so yeah, those were part of the Grindhouse brand, which initially started with Death Proof and Planet Terror. And if we really want to get intense here and really want to get, um, you know, conspiracy, well, as much as you can be, conspiracy theories about the subject of continuity uh, and fictional continuity at that, the Spy Kids and Machete movies, if they are connected, Machete is part of Grindhouse, which could also mean that Spy Kids, Machete, and the Tarantino universe, or at least the movies that exist as movies in the Tarantino universe, like Kill Bill or From Dusk Till Dawn, are all set in the same fictional universe within a fictional universe. So it's not necessarily that weird that Spy Kids has an R-rated spin-off because it's an R-rated spin-off in the fictional Tarantino universe. <laughs> and the one, the one like factor we know about the Tarantino universe is that because Hitler was killed the world was more accepting of violence and so that's why it's just yeah have an is r-rated that, spin-off is that canon yeah, that, reason have not, why yeah, have you have you not heard that yeah yeah because no. it was dumbed down in a movie theater that this world would a like be more like accepting of violence and b like place more importance on films yeah so there you go so so and maybe in, it, it, it is a fan so theory to be maybe in the tarantino universe it's very normal for have pg for pg movies to have r-rated counterparts because everyone loves r-rated movies take your kids to yeah. see machete kills because hitler died <laughs> because hitler died in a the movie theater all right, so who wants to go? Who wants to pitch their ideas for Spy Kids continuations? You're gonna, you guys are right over there. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, well, I'll That's go first because mine is real short and dumb. Um, so Just yeah, like your I co-host. Said, 
<laughs> I'm really short. Um, Ch- Charlie and Carlo, you might not know that. I'm a short man. Yeah, AJ's like 5'2". <laughs> yeah. Um, so I... Um, yeah, just just a, a Spy Kids five, but they're, so they're all grown up. You know, follow them as adults, um, much like what the Lizzie McGuire revival promises to be. Mm. Uh, let's see them dealing with like millennial problems, trying to find a job, um, trying to <laughs> afford a spies. house. Um, but they're yeah, so it's Junie and Carmen, um, obviously, but they're all grown up, and so now, but because they're grown up, instead of Spy Kids, uh, it's called. Adult kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was drinking when he did that. I nearly died. <laughs> Very good. All right. Carlisle, what have you got for us? Um, so I, I... I, In Spy Kids 4, I think Adult Junie and Carmen are both a lot more fun to watch than the new Spy Agreed, Kids. Yeah. Um, so I think sequels i do want to keep focus on junie and carmen which obviously is a bit of a problem if you're trying to make spy kids so i agree with um with richard that you want to take away that part of the name uh so adult kids maybe works but i think i think the idea of of the child element really works and one thing we never get in the spy kids movies is a child supervillain. so one thing i'd really want to see is adult junie and carmen dealing with a child that's a really good idea and it could be called like villain kids or something like that or evil children or something weird um but yeah because that you could even like have in the plot as well that they like get, they pull them back because like it's it's a rogue spy kid that's gone and yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. done this and then it's like you guys started the spy kid program you know it better than anyone yeah what um, about if it's one of go, their kids go beat the shit they out have of kids kid together adult yeah, junior, junior and carmen finally <laughs> gave in to their best like separate kids <laughs> The, the sexual tension between Journey and Carmen finally got too much and they had a kid. Yeah. And it's because it's a, a weird, like, incest baby. Did you did you <laughs> message me? That, was it you? Did you? Maybe I dreamed this. Did you message me this week, Richard, and say, God, when are Journey and, and Carmen going to fuck already? <laughs> yeah, something, words to that effect. So that- I thought that about Steve Buscemi and his animals. I was like, he's definitely yeah. fucking these animals. Oh, yeah, does he make a human with, with his little technology? You know, that's an animal. Why can't he do a human? Uh, Charlie, what's your continue the franchise? Um, so I think Spy Kids is best when it's really fucking weird. Mm. So I uh, my idea is a spin-off TV show following Carmen and Junie but they're both kind of fucked up from a childhood of just being spies. You know, like child <laughs> actors just become like weird when they yeah, grow yeah. up because of yeah. all the pressure. But it's that, but then they're just in like a Rick and Morty style world where they have to save the world, but one of them's just like a... They're both just like Rick from Rick and Morty <laughs> and they're just horrible people and they just kill anyone and it's horrible and it's really weird and that's what I want. <laughs> and the whole thing's on green screen. <laughs> Yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> absolutely. Sweet. But it's just shot. It's not shot using the green screen to put anything on it. They're just walking around a green screen set. <laughs> just like, it's just in their imagination. <laughs> They're just actually there's insane. A, there's a popular anime where people get stuck in a video game, and I would watch a version of that, but it's kids that never got out of the video game from Spy Kids 3, <laughs> and they just grow up Isn't inside this just... video game and just lose their minds. Isn't that just Jumanji? <laughs> Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Let's yeah. continue the franchise. It's Jumanji, the first film from 1995. Um, so, all right, my idea, um, and like, it seems 
it seems obvious to do like spy babies or spy dogs or spy adults or, or obviously ad- ad- adult kids, <laughs> as you suggested, Richard. But instead, I'd really like to extrapolate upon a typo I made when Googling the series earlier this week. <laughs> and instead, I'm going to pitch you guys soy kids, uh, which... <laughs> follows so one thing you you might not know about us is i'm vegetarian and charlie's vegan so we're already very you'll you'll love this so it follows the lives of like these you know pathetic participation trophy winning children who are being raised by coddling millennial parents oh like yeah just like you guys yeah taught not to be that's that it's literally us yeah and they're taught to be in tune with their emotions and other stupid unnecessary things like that uh, and in the film the soy kids must gather up all their courage when their parents are kidnapped by a dastardly cartoonized version of a famous alt-right youtube vlogger <laughs> that, that always folds his arms when he thinks he makes a real good point yeah yeah when you guys are now you guys told me that you're you're vegan and stuff and i was like all right i gotta put on a voice for the next sentence so it sounds like so it's clear that i'm not someone who would be derogatory because <laughs> i was like I, you were like we're, we're vegan and i was like all right cool and then the next word was pathetic and i and you go back and listen you'll hear my voice change completely you see we're not actually capable of putting on voices because our diets don't give us enough nutrients to have <laughs> yeah. that sort of flexibility with our vocal cords yeah it really stifled my acting career which is a shame. um although speaking of which this is something we haven't done in a long time aj yeah i was thinking um, of this yeah yeah, but um, we we went through a phase for our first year or so of our podcast. But whenever we got like a foreign guest on, um, seeing if you guys can do a Kiwi accent, Kiwi being oh New Zealand, I'm really bad at accents. Me too. Um, <laughs> say say Spy Kids is my favorite movie in a Kiwi accent. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! Okay. <laughs> Scully, do you want to go first while I'll I think about first. this? Oh, f- can you can you say it one more time so I can I can really yeah. listen? Spy Kids is my favorite movie. Spy Kids is my favorite movie. Spy Kids is my favorite movie. It's not bad, not bad. Spy not Kids bad. is my favorite movie. <laughs> These are great guys. I'm very touched. Um, uh. But hey, that brings can us. You guys do a British accent. Oh, yeah. oh, Spy Kids is my favourite movie, isn't it? Spy Kids is my favourite movie! <laughs> Spy Kids is my favourite movie. Do, do like... Um... Go posher. You, you're, doing, you're doing the less posh voices. I want to hear you go posh, Richard. <laughs> Spy Kids is positively ghastly. Is that it? <laughs> Spy Kids is my favourite movie. Very good. Very good. Very good indeed. Uh, so, all right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. But before we uh, clock off, um, so as I said before, next next fortnight we're going to be doing the Machete series, so stay tuned for that. But uh, once again, Charlie and Carlisle, do you guys want to just go over the various podcasts you do and where you can find these various podcasts? Can I really quickly talk about why the OSS is the worst spy organization in film history? Look, I'm sorry. We're out of time. You can't. No, you, you can do it. But you have to incorporate your podcasts into this. <laughs> okay, that's fine. So much like our podcast, a podcast for everyone, mm. the all our buildings are made out of the letters that made up, make up the podcast name. So our podcast HQ is made up of the letters 
in a podcast for everyone. Much like everything in the OSS buildings, including the OSS buildings, is made up of the letters OSS, meaning everyone knows where they are. Yeah, and also everyone knows my- where your podcast is because they can just look up a podcast for every everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's also, the opposite. <laughs> we have a very patriarchal podcast mm. as we are both men and we are yet to have a female guest. <laughs> really? And also, for some reason. Oh, that's the true, o- isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. The Fuck. OSS, for some reason, Junie is Spy of the Month and then Gary becomes Spy of the Month when clearly Carmen is the best spy. Yeah. Patriarchal. Yeah. Horrible. Wow. Terrible. Much like me and uh, Pod- me and Carlisle constantly tell people we're from a podcast for everyone. Every spy tells the f- people as soon as they meet them that they're an agent of the OSS and that they're a secret agent. Um, also, like me and Carlisle, all our podcast enemies are former employees of the podcast that we have dealt with with very bad HR, which means that they've turned against us. Wow. Guess- uh huh. <laughs> Um, so if, if if you couldn't glean from that what our podcast is about, let me just do that for you now. <laughs> I made it work. Uh, I was given a task and I did. <laughs> I applaud your your you having a go at it. Um, so a podcast for everyone is um, not a promise of vague content, but is actually a very specific uh, reference to the second album of British pop rock band Busted, uh, because who are famed for their sort of very silly lyrics. So me and Charlie, we analyse the lyrics, we review the music, and we also try to weave every song into one overarching narrative, which at this point in time has gotten to become just absolutely nuts. And um, yeah, it's- what's the, the narrative called? It's called the busted and theory came because we name? believe that it's absolutely intentionally what what is what was intended. Uh, I believe our, you our came up with the name. Ever, Richard. <laughs> our worst guest ever, Richard. Richard has been on the show a couple of times. He will absolutely be back on. So those are some good episodes Sweet. you can check out. Uh, are you guys going to have AJ on? Would you like to come on? You can absolutely come on, absolutely. AJ, if you want to come on podcast for everyone. Talk about busted. If, yep. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite busted song? Uh, AJ? What I go to school. Give for? me your top ten. I know what I go to school for. I know um, Year 3000, and I know uh, the one that Richard kept playing. On what you're on. On what you're on. Yeah, I know those two. Um, well, we're currently going on to the Mook Busted album, so you need to pick your favourite Mook Busted song. I would, I would love up. AJ to come on and do one of the really fucking stupid, weird Mook um, Busted songs, but not listen to the song. <laughs> you can come on and do Riding on My Bike, then. <laughs> Or how's my hair? It's ab- you're speaking absolute God, nonsense shit. to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ch- Charlie has a great show called "Why Did I Do That?" as well. Mm-hmm. Are you going to talk about that as well? And then I'll talk. About I, I was I was throwing it to. Is oh that, yeah, okay. I'll yeah, do that. Let's do that, um, let's do that because we're like friends. <laughs> yeah. um, so Charlie's great show called "Why Did I Do That?" where people come on and they tell their embarrassing stories and they can have a laugh at themselves, and you can have a laugh at them. You can point your finger at the freak and laugh at them. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> he's also on a show called Rank List of Everything, which is exactly what it sounds like. He and our friend Harry get together and they try to rank everything. And it's very funny. You guys have the most insane podcast concepts. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> get ready for Carlisle. <laughs> so Carlisle has a podcast called Dungeons and Dragonos, where him and his friends pitch Dungeons and Dragons concepts without ever listening to it. For example, one of them was a spell which sung... Uh, what was the darkness song? I believe in a thing called love, which made people yeah. have like a heart attack because they were filled with rock and it just they couldn't move after that. <laughs> it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's something we did. <laughs> he also has a podcast called Content, presumably, where he picks some dumb stuff to do and then we do it. For example, reading exactly. Sonic fan fiction. 
Yeah, there are three separate reading Sonic fan fiction episodes. So you can go check those. You out. should or do have the quiz um, where you have to guess the Pokemon description to the Pokemon when one of the guests knows nothing about Pokemon. <laughs> um, I'd love to see. You should do um like a series where you read that um Super Smash Bros. fan fiction, the um which is the longest piece of fiction ever written. Not oh just fan God. fiction, the longest like the longest thing ever written. Any fiction ever. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> um, There's a lot of characters that you got to get through. Clearly, they've never read the climax scenes from the Spy Kids movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can imagine all the sexual jokes from Super Smash Bros. as a fan fiction. Just Mario and Luigi smashing babes left, right, and center. Oh, yeah. Um, we will, we will sorry, leave for 9,000 pages. Fun fact for anyone wondering. Um, the, the Substance Emissary World's, Emissary's World's Conquest, um, it's a work in progress. And as of July this year, it's 3.5 million words long, and it's the longest piece of literature ever written. Wow. Holy shit. (laughs) Well, hey, look, we'll leave- And you guys think I have a lot of time. Wait, wait, sorry. The article I was reading is from from 2013. It's currently- It's currently like almost oh 8 million God. words. Jesus. We will leave links to everything we've just talked about, including <laughs> your podcasts and that fan fiction in the show notes below. Uh, and also, you know, if you've listened this far and you like Cold Popsha, go and give us a like on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, all the social medias you can think of, just look up Cold Popsha and follow us on there. Or you can email us at media at gmail.com. And before we uh, before we clock off, I do just want to give a shout out to our listeners, Jensen and Chelsea Shewer. I think that's how you say their last name. Uh, they played from home this week and watched the franchise with us this fortnight. Mm. So yeah, that's real cool. Yeah, Jensen's yeah. Jensen's a good a good boy. He um uh, a couple months ago he also made... a talking dog. <laughs> um, he uh, yeah a few months ago uh, made a homebrew. Um, or like a craft beer that he dedicated to us. Yeah, uh, it was like, kiwi like, fruit flavored. Yeah, crazy kiwi or, or something like that. Um, and Jensen, if you're out there and you still have some or you are, are making more, get in contact with us and I'll um, I'll pay shipping for you to, to send us some because I would love yeah, to yeah. try it. Yeah, me too. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, so thank you for coming on the show, guys, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, And we'll be back in two weeks for the Machete series. Just before we go, thank you for having us. I want to quickly mention, (laughs) I can't believe this didn't come up, but Joel McHale is in the fourth film. Oh, if we we could do a whole nother 15 minutes on the actors that show up in these films. (laughs) I've got a type five on Joel McHale. I was still yeah. quite charmed by him. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. One of my notes that I wrote down is I wish that his character was my husband because he's the one he's loved. <laughs> oh, his his job in the movie is that he's a spy hunter, which is just <laughs> a reversed engineer. Like we're going to make a movie about spies. What's the easiest way to make conflict between the husband <laughs> and wife? He's a spy. What the fuck is a spy hunter? Why are you this, hunting this, spies? spies. Surely that just makes you a rival spy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. Bye. 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 I hope you enjoyed this Spy Kids-esque post-credits scene, which came immediately <laughs> after the goodbye. No, just leave 30 <laughs> seconds of silence at the end yeah. for that authentic post-credits. I will. I will. It starts right now. <laughs>